This call is being recorded. Hello and welcome to my show, Searching for Integrity. My name really is John Smith, and I'm searching for people with integrity. Why? Because our country suffers from IDD, Integrity Deficit Disorder. Today we have as our guest, Tamara Laschek, who is the author of Lose the Gum, A Survival Guide for Women and Wall Street, Main Street and All Between. She is also a candidate for New York State Assembly District 66, and is probably a very busy person this time of, uh, of year. Tamara, are you there? I am. Very good. It's nice to have you again. Yes, and thank you, thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to be here. That's good. I always like to hear that. Um, I, I, as I was saying earlier, I've just had some ideas that popped into my head about what you would probably most have on your front plate. Um, and but the first one is how's how's the race going? You've got uh, two weeks left. I do. I do. Um, the race is going really well. I'm making a lot of progress. Um, I'm doing a lot of type of grassroots type campaigning. Um, a lot of posters of my face are going up in my district and people are reaching out saying, wow, I saw your poster. So that is definitely working in terms of getting the name out there. I'm also meeting with voters because I think that is absolutely the most effective way. I find that, you know, people are actually hate, they're difficult to hate up close. So you really got to lean in. And uh, that's, that's something I learned from uh, Brene Brown. Uh, but I think that that is very effective. And it's what I personally have always believed in and um, find that I make the best connection with meeting people one-on-one, -on -one, it is not the most effective way to communicate because you, know, you don't hit the masses this way, but um, it's certainly the most fulfilling, rewarding for both me and the person that I meet because I really get to hear them out and um, it helps me shape my, my views. So, but it's going well. Are, the, um, are your constituents, are they... Uh actively waiting for their chance to, to, to vote? Are they doing early voting, uh, uh, engaging in that type of thing there in New York? Yeah, so in New York, we are doing, um, there is a lot of mail-in, people can request mail-in ballots, and there is going to be early voting that starts on October 24th, so on Saturday, and will go till November 1st, and then it reopens again um, on November 3rd. So, um, People are definitely voting by mail a lot more. In fact, a lot of people uh, have texted me and said, hey, I saw your name on the ballot and uh, I just voted for you. So uh, a lot of people are taking advantage of the, the mail-in. Well, that's good, I assume, uh, if they cast the right vote. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely a challenge. Uh, I'm in a very blue district and I'm running as a Republican. But I, you know, I tell people I've been a Republican since I was 18 years old. It's 
you know, in some of these blue cities and states, it's almost toxic to say you're a Republican. But um, like I said, I've always been a Republican. I think my views are very moderate. Um, in fact, on certain issues, I almost, I even lean left. So I'm a, what they're, what they're saying is a very palatable Republican. Um, but I also find that it's only gotten, it's only gotten toxic to say you're a Republican since uh, Donald Trump took office. And that is unfortunate, but that is the reality. Yes, I too have uh, heard that uh, from, uh, let's just say, people other than the news team, uh, but just citizens, and and they're they're kind of scratching their head about about things, uh, and it will it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be very interesting. I'm, I'm not, I don't know if if your race is going to um, going to take a month to to determine who the winner is. Uh, are you expecting any of that uh, for yourself? I I am not expecting that we're going to know on election night. Um, I do think that you know they're going to have to count all these mail in mail in votes, and I don't know that they're necessary necessarily you know set up to do that in a quick and efficient way. So mm -hmm. I don't expect that I will know on election night. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'm I'm going to go to bed at the regular time. I'm not going to be <laughs> foolish enough to, to to you know. It could be it could be a, a week or more. It could be or more. It really yeah. could be. Yeah. So how how is the pol the political will? How's that coming? How the the connection that connection with the people? How, how are they feeling? I. I think, well, in, in New York, I think, I, I, first of all, I think that most people have made up their minds. I don't think that there's too many undecided voters, voters at this point. I think most people know who they're voting for. Um, I think that the people in New York, I think they see two things. One, they see, you know, they see the federal level, so the presidential race in Congress and the Senate, as one issue, and then they see their local issues with the current mayor and governor. And mm -hmm. um, one thing that New Yorkers unanimously agree on is their their hatred for our current mayor. So it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on, it seems like everyone can agree that this mayor is doing a very terrible job. And the city, I grew up in New York City in the 1970s, and this is what it used to look like we have, you know, every other storefront is boarded up, abandoned properties, homeless everywhere, homeless people even squatting in some of the abandoned properties, uh, graffiti everywhere, uh, crime on the rise. I mean, friends of mine have, have said that they've gotten mugged. Um, so just the city is really reverting back to those pre-Rudy Giuliani days, which, which is really unfortunate. You know the part about that that hurts them the most is that you know he 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 doesn't have a clue. You know, if you try and put these things issues in front of him, he says, "Oh well, that's you know, just brush them aside." 
Well, this is this is one thing that I find interesting, and um, as I'm campaigning, what I'm discovering is Republican voters and Democratic voters speak very different languages. So that is one thing that I'm learning. So you could see a building burning, and whereas one person will be like, oh, my God, you know, this is burning as a result of, of riots and looting, and somebody else will look at it and we'll talk about um, equal justice and, and uh, equality and it's peaceful protest. And this isn't just the media forcing this messaging. People actually believe this. So it's just, it's just unbelievable how, and I think that fundamentally we all want the same things. And if you actually take, if you actually take out the candidate that you're talking about or that, you know, someone on the other side of the political aisle is talking about and you listen to what they're saying, you, and then you're, you, you, you will come to an agreement with them. You're you're like, absolutely. And it's something like, oh, we're all, you know, democracy is hanging in the balance in this election. We are in danger of losing our freedoms. I mean, this is something I'm hearing both the right and the left talk about, but the left will say it's because of Donald Trump that we're losing those freedoms and we're in danger of losing our democracy, while um, somebody on the right will say that uh, the left wants to promote a socialist agenda and that's going to take away our freedoms. So we're fundamentally saying the same thing, but um, what we're perceiving as the reason and even the enemy of it is a, a different villain. It's um, it's interesting how I can view uh, one side, and that one side is it's the same as the other. You know, we're all scared. They're scared. That's the people on the other side are just as scared about what's going to happen as I am. Um, and it's um, and I don't recall having this 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 feeling about that thing. Yeah. Well, I, um, I speak very often to my college roommate. She's very religious, and she had reminded me early on in this pandemic is that um, when you do believe in God and you know that it's all in God's hands and that it was never in our control to begin with, then it makes it a lot easier to cope with. And when she reminded me of that many months ago, I just keep that sort of front and center in my in my head and it's made it a lot less and I find that the people who are struggling are the ones who don't believe in a higher being and are a bit more secular. So I'm lucky that I do have you know a belief in spirituality and faith and God to guide me guide me through and I know in my heart whatever happens it's going to be okay. Well, I have the same feeling for you. Uh, and it's the type of thing that, you know, having the, the, the life experience that you have had, I think it stacks up really well in the way you carry yourself, the, the way you speak with people and how you are sincere with them. That's, that, that all is necessary and you've got it. You, know, you have that. Because you know you've got uh, 
the the guy with the big that starts with G behind you. Yeah. Yes, and we need to just remind ourselves of that when we forget. Um, because I, I don't see any other way through it. Um, certainly not emotionally. I think that when you try to take on this burden onto yourself, it becomes unmanageable. But when you realize that it really, I mean, even my election, I'm like, this has nothing to do with me. I believe that even me running for office was, was at the hand of God. Because I was approached to run for office, and originally I was approached to run for Congress, and I had said no because I didn't think I had enough time to run a proper campaign in the time that I had left till the elections. Mm -hmm. So when I declined, the party came back and asked me to run for state assembly, and I thought, that I will do. And then in March, when I sat in, city, sat in front of City Hall Park, I looked around, everything was boarded up. And I said to myself, oh, my goodness, I am the best person for this job, given my background and experience. And I realized that this was this was divine intervention because I'm not needed in Congress right now. I'm needed right here in New York. And I realized I became overwhelmed by this feeling that I'm going to win this election because it has nothing to do with me. I'm really just being used as, as the tool or the, the vessel to deliver on what is meant to be delivered on. You know, as I was thinking about the way you described it, I thought that the word image, I think, is something that, uh, that you're letting the, the image of you run the, run, run the gamut and be, the, be successful. And I think that's what people are going to go for and be, be for. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, only, you know, time will tell and the election will determine what they really went for. I mean, all I can do is I can do my best. I can bring, you know, my whole self to the game. And one thing that I am very, I, I'm very authentic. Like people who know me um, know that I am a no BS kind of person. I'm a straight shooter where I am seeing challenges already arise is in the system. And the question is going to be like, I believe that somebody at my age, which is, you know, <laughs> close to middle age, um, I have a good sense of self by now. And I don't feel that I will roll over, you know, or succumb to pressure because I haven't, throughout my entire career, I've always been an independent-minded person and have, I haven't really had that much problem in terms of my will to break glass if that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm starting to see how the system really does work. And I am seeing, even on local levels, the corruption within the system, arguably even more corrupt than on the federal levels. And that is something that is actually giving me a bit of anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, and rather than succumb to the system, I could see myself saying, you know what, it's just not, I, I just can't enact the kind of change with the integrity that I want, and I'm going to walk away. 
Now, I don't, I'm also a fighter, so I don't see, you know, at the first, at the first, you know, brush with a challenge, I would throw in the towel, um, but we'll see. I'll see how, you know, how strong, you know, this system really is in term of, in terms of, you know, chewing up and spitting out the people who come in with a certain idealism and level of integrity and don't want to succumb to the system as it's, it now is. Right. Right. I know that, um, Every, everyone has their own definition of middle age. <laughs> uh, just just ask Bernie Sanders. <laughs> uh, and that's true. Um, I have a different view of, of middle age and, and probably different from yours. That's, uh, um, it's, it's, I guess when people turn around and say, am I that old? <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, um, this is a, uh, uh, a very interesting uh, race that you have in New York, along with a lot of others, I'm sure. But are, are the governor and the mayor, are they up for office uh, for no. election this year? Okay. Not, not right now, no. Next year. Next year. Okay. Once, I'd certainly like to get the energy that's floating around there now and apply that to next year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I really didn't wasn't aware that that many stores are, are boarded up. Uh, of course, I don't travel to to your part of the country, um, and probably wouldn't uh, now because of what's uh, of what everything's barricaded. What it sounded like. Yeah, I mean, I was at an event yesterday in Midtown, um, r right at uh, Rockefeller Center, and we we had an event and then we went out to dinner and we went to a number of restaurants and it was not late. I mean, it was about uh, probably around eight o'clock at night and restaurants were already closed and the streets were empty and it took us, you know, a couple of restaurants to find a restaurant that was open and serving. And we went, and this is Rockefeller center. I mean, big, beautiful restaurant that we ended up mm. eating at was just, you know, had a handful of people inside. Amazing. Yeah. Just amazing. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking. Um, have there been any debates uh, on, on your level of, uh, of the election? Any my, of those? My opponent refuses to debate me. Um, she is a 28-year incumbent, so she um, it's a little bit of an AOC Joe Crowley kind of situation. Um, he refused to debate AOC when, when she was running up against him. Um, my opponents will not debate me either. There have been a few outlets, news outlets that have asked to host a debate, and she has declined. Um, even some of our local papers have written profile pieces and on, on me, and they offered to write one on her, and she has declined that as well. So she's pretty, uh, she's pretty, pretty confident with the footing that she has, and really believes that she will win this election. Hmm. Well, you know, a lot of people have thought that, 
and and a lot of people have been surprised. Yes, and I think that if this if there is a year to flip New York red, it is this year. So we're just really starting to see the impact a lot of a lot of liberal policies that really just do not work. And, right. you know, it's, it's harder to see them not working when times are normal and we've had the benefit of, you know, good economic times and a city in prosperity. So some of the policies, you know, get somewhat buried by how well everything is working. And then when you have the situation where we have now, you see how quickly this could all fall apart. And that well, is that is what we're seeing. Right. Managed decline. Right. Sad. Sad but true. Yeah. I think the um the main thing though, I believe, is that uh if if people still share the same the same goal. And if they have a goal like getting rid of the mayor would, would help to, to keep that fire lit. Um and among other things that are have become sore spots and issues with people, um, and I'm not sure on the, on the uh, state legislation level how that 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 runs true or not. Yeah, I mean, I think I think for for me, there's two primary there's two primary areas that need focus immediately, and that is our local economy and crime, and we. You know, all all the other issues, I think, for now, can be not necessarily put on the back burner, but I think our main priority is really those two issues, because this, this city is really um, just declining at a very rapid rate, and you have residents that are fleeing the city, um, you know, you have schools that are reopening, but are they reopening? And then they're closing and Board of Ed is, is, is fighting on not reopening and just, uh, you just have a lot of, a lot of people, residents leaving the city. Um, you know, they've announced, you know, Broadway and theater is not going to open up till at least next summer. Metropolitan Opera also not opening. So all the culture that people come to New York for, is just not going to open. And then you have the artists that actually, the artists, the actors, the actresses that all work in theater, you know, I mean, these people need to work. Yes. How will they survive? So a lot of people moving out, you know, businesses, you know, corporations too, they're, they're, a lot of them are remaining shut until at least next year. And some of them are going to realize, well, we don't actually, we can't actually bring everybody back into the same configuration within office buildings that we used to have. People need to be social distanced. We need greater space. And they've started to get more accustomed to doing things virtually. So they're going to probably reevaluate, you know, their offices in New York City as well. So you'll have commercial real estate is, is, is on the brink of collapse. Exactly. Has the um, has the role of uh, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that, that with the commercial space 
the how's the tax base doing? Is it just rolling over with people leaving the state and and uh, not well, not paying high rents anymore and that type of thing? Well, there's <laughs> so the the city the city uh, the city budget. I mean, it's is running on a huge deficit. Um, the administration, you know, has has spent like a bunch of drunken sailors. Now they want, you know, a blank check in order to be able to keep the lights on in the city. And, um, you know, their inclination is to raise taxes on people. But that only that only hampers uh, economic growth. So it's not really a good strategy. And I think we need to get really creative with revenue. Um, so we do need, you know, innovations and innovative ideas. And I think that is why it's really also important to elect people into office uh, that actually have the right kind of experience. Um, it's it's just surprising me, you know. While it while it all sounds good to uh, you know elect a bartender, um, it's it's very dangerous to to really elect people who have no real world working experience and no real life experience yet either. Um, and, you know, one thing that I saw in, in the financial crisis in, in 2008 was a system that broke apart because of policies that were implemented by previous administrations. So policies, when they're implemented, they don't really take, you don't really see their effect until years later. And, you know, we often don't make that connection or see that correlation, um, but it is potentially dangerous. Bad policies actually have repercussions. So um, I do think it's important to really, you know, look at the qualifications of the people that you are electing because it really, really does matter. Well put, well put. Um, it's hard for me to imagine running against an opponent that's been in office 28 years. It, it's, as, it's as though, how often does that person come out into the, into the real world and, uh, and not necessarily uh, hide behind 28 years worth of of, uh, of government. Yeah, I I don't know that there's any other experience there other than government. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, which, we've which had is a, a which is a good case for term limits. Exactly, exactly. We've had a good uh, a good visit today and. Let me give the audience, if you would, uh, again, your contact information uh, so that you can have them email you, yeah. vote for you. Sure. If you're, if you're in New York's District 66, which is East Village, West Village, Soho, and Tribeca, then please do vote for me, Tamara Lashchak, for State Assembly. Um, my website is Tamara4NY. Well, I want to thank you again for uh, taking the time to, to visit with us and my audience. Um, my pleasure. It was, it was wonderful to be here. It's always enlightening.
And um, thank you, listeners, for tuning in to Searching for Integrity. So long and happy trails to all.